There's our loving studio audience. There they are. <laughs> Half the time I forget about them. Welcome to episode four. No, it's episode three. We changed it of Storm King's Teddy. Hey, Cat, how you doing? I'm good as always. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. So uh, just finished episode three of Storm King's Thunder last night. And first question's always, how'd you think it went? It was good. There was a lot more left to it than I thought. Um, I thought we kind of had like about one room left, but we had two. So it was, it was good. Yeah. So, uh, two more combats and that was after we did our, our short rest. So, uh, we were a little strung out by the time we hit the end, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, started with our short rest. Uh, that's where we left off last game after session two and uh our all of our pcs did some uh chat in discord and um teddy awarded all of his inspiration for that what'd you think it was awesome i mean he's just handing out inspirations like candy and we're using them like candy <laughs> that's the truth um so <laughs> yeah i thought it was pretty awesome so um we while we were uh, chatting and uh, as we kind of wound our way through the rest of this dungeon, we did get to find out kind of how advanced the giant civilization had become, like how far they had, you know, now fallen. Um, and so that was kind of interesting. Um, but the, as soon as we were done with our short rest, we, the first thing that we encountered was a, uh, circular room and it, with this giant cesspool in the middle it looked like sewage was draining down from the city and into this thing and um i think that there was a, a full-on monster out inside there but we only ended up having to fight one tentacle uh, yeah um when combat initially started i was pretty far away from the group and where the tentacle attached onto lars I was full on expecting another tentacle to come out and get me like halfway through my run. Yeah, I was actually expecting several more. So, um, I, I, I thought that they would be easier to kill individually, but there was going to be more of them. And uh, as it was, there was one and it was pretty difficult to kill. It, I mean, it just seemed like it had, uh, a lot of health. So, um, now it attacked. Um, so I noticed it with passive perception. I think one of the other characters did too. It's Prue. Prue and you are always like, yeah, Prue's got really good passive perception. Yeah. So, um, we noticed it moving in the water, tried to alert everybody, and then it ended up shooting out and, um, did it miss one of you first and then end up wrapped around Lars or was Lars the first person? No, it went for Porsche first. Went for Porsche first. That's what I thought. I, I thought it went after somebody and missed and then uh, ended up uh, next round getting a hold of Lars and dragging Lars into the pool and like the first several feet, maybe, uh, I don't know, 10 or 20 feet of the pool, it was... How deep did he say? About three feet deep? Yeah. He said it was 
pretty shallow, but then like after that, it just was like a drop. Right. And I think the drop is where we did not want to get. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, and then, so Lars got wrapped up. Winifred just did massive damage. He with he just kills his damage. I think he's doing more damage than you are with the magic sword. It's close. Um, I mean, now that we're, we've all leveled up, um, spoilers, um, we're going to be doing more damage, but yeah, I think his base damage is real good with the rapier and the dagger combo and the sneak attacks that kind of come in here and there. The sneak attacks are pretty awesome. Yeah. And Uh, it will only get better for him. And then, so he did some massive damage. Portia, um, firing off the fire bolts, uh, and then Prue with her short sword and crossbow. But the the real uh, the real difference maker in this fight was you. Be honest. Yep. Uh, uh, so uh. you ran over to Lars and grabbed a hold of him, and and you rolled a twenty, didn't you, on your strength check? Rolled a. I, the tentacle rolled a twenty. I rolled a twenty-three. But so, but it was a natural twenty modified to a twenty-three, right? I mean, because you have a plus uh, three bonus. It was an athletics check. Oh, athletics so, check. Okay, so um, it, and I have a plus five, so I think it was okay. like an eighteen. I rolled. Okay, well, uh, either way, you outstrength the uh, the tentacle that actually had a better multiplier than you, or a, a better bonus than you did. So yeah. uh, you were playing uh, tug of war with Lars's body. <laughs> and yeah, I was. I was real worried I was gonna like snap him in half, or like he was gonna like dislocate a shoulder or something or two. Because I'm like, I mean, this thing's strong, but I'm a little bit stronger at the moment. I'm like, if I got to make another one of these checks, I might lose them. But you know, I was afraid something bad was gonna happen to Lars. Yeah, I mean, if you hadn't gotten a hold of him, probably something would have. Because I, I would imagine that even struggling every round that you lost, you were going to get closer and closer to that edge. And I don't know how much closer, if it would have been one round and you were down, or maybe you would have had another round up above the water until you got taken in. But it wouldn't have taken long. Mm-hmm. Um, and But anyway, you kept him from going in, and then all of the uh, just uh, calliope of damage from the rest of the party uh, finally uh, cut the tentacle off. It sucked back down into the big cesspool, and the reason we think that it was a monster is because then we heard um, kind of a moan of pain or anger slash both, and then we just left and got out of the room. Um, Yeah, we didn't want to stay there any longer and fight off another tentacle or the monster itself. But before we left, we found that magically appeared a pack with five javelins yes uh, uh, slight side conversation of how uh i horrendously lack any ranged weaponry whatsoever not even a dagger to throw no crossbow bolts or crossbow and um turns out like somewhere around creating my character i just i'd skipped over or it never showed up that i could have chosen a crossbow or five javelins well through the magic of convenience, there was five javelins yeah. or a crossbow, depending on how I looked at it, <laughs> left in a bag. The ray the of room. cosmic convenience. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Um, so now you finally have a uh, ranged weapon. Yes. Five of them. <laughs> 
So that was good. Anyway, we got out of there. Uh, we did see before we left the room, there were runes on the cesspool and it was, uh, like travel runes. Now I never said this in game, but just thinking about it on my own, I'm like, it's a toilet. <laughs> the travel runes are to flush. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly where, where my mind went. I, so, uh, Teddy said that it was some sort of a magical pool and I think it's a magical toilet. So <laughs> not for sure, but I, that's, that's where my mind went. what did you think it was? I didn't think nothing of it. I'm just like, okay, there's just a giant pool with a monster in it and there's travel runes. I'm like, my character knows Every time it needs to do a history check or whatever, I roll so low that I know nothing. I have a um, I have a minus one on my history check, and I think I rolled a nineteen or something. I can't. Uh, the, at least one of the times in the game, I, I rolled uh, with a with a negative multiplier and and still rolled a nineteen. It was crazy. Um. Okay. So then. As we left that room, my printer's spinning again. Sorry if you can hear that. Um, so the um, we left that room, uh, went further into the dungeon, and uh, Prue and I started hearing the cries of an animal. And using, um, I was I don't remember what role we had to make. Uh, anyway, I think it might have been like Nate. Sure. Blood nature roll or something like that. Um, we were able to identify it and figured out that it was a um, small or like a baby brass dragon. And that um, after we did that, we did learn a little bit about dragon giant lore. Um, because I made the comment that don't the giants use dragons as like guards and so we went through some of that, found out that one of the reasons for the uh, fall of the giant civilization was that um, the, one of the or the most powerful of the giant wizards had destroyed one of the twelve moons, one of the twelve anchors, and um, everybody the dragons got ticked off at him for it and basically. Uh, scorched earth on them um, took everything away from them, their tech their magic everything um, so that's been kind of an interesting story uh, let's see anyway we've uh, this thing we heard it crying so we moved into the room found that there was in fact a small brass dragon uh, partially buried under rubble and uh, there were dark mantles that were attacking it. And then we started the fight with the dark mantles. Um, I'm just going to say, I think that this might have been the most cohesive fight that we as a group have done, uh, so far. Um, the cesspool, I would have said was better. Um, but we we split up too far. We got too far apart from one another, mm-hmm. um, and that so we weren't able to react when someone in the party got you know tagged. And I think that's been a big problem 
the whole way through. What do you say? No, I agree. Um, we're definitely working much better as a team. We're, and especially like in combat doing call outs and whatever, we're really getting the flow of each other's play styles and how we're going to react. And, you know, we're always trying to flank each other, but I, I do agree one of, and I don't know if it's bad or if it's good, it could be just neutral, but we do tend to spread out a lot and we're not really clumped up together or within like 30, at least within 30 feet of each other to react to anything. Um, And that's something for me as my character is like to look behind the curtain. I I get a fighting style and I was going to go protector, which allows me to give disadvantage on an enemy. If someone is close to me, well, I was paying attention through this last session and I don't think anyone was within five feet of me for more than like two turns. Like everyone is just spread out or running around. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't think we're all going to be clumped up. So I don't think I'm going to choose this fighting style. Yeah, that makes sense because I mean, even when I'm, even when Keelan's been close to you, it's usually been at least 10 feet away. Yes. Like a flank and I've been measuring it out, like flanking, like, no, small to medium creatures you're 10 feet away like you gotta be right next to me for that to work out so I've, i'd i chose something different and i can explain that later but okay. yeah we with the flanking everything we're just we're not really staying close together which again could be good could be bad i don't really know i think what i'm gonna start consciously doing is staying at least 30 feet around everyone. So if something does happen, I can at least move and react because I'm more melee and up front. So I'm trying to like at least center myself or just, just be within range because I know some of us are squishy and like, if you get hurt, it's going to hurt. So that's at least what I'm going to do in the future from now on. Yeah. And uh, just also, you know, using a bless spell on the party. Um, it's a 30 foot range. So when we start combat outside of 30 feet from Keelan, I'm limited on my targets. And, you know, if I'm two rounds from getting into combat, well, that's a round of wasted bless because even if I use it on myself, it's not going to be effective for two rounds. So yeah, that's something that, uh, it, I mean, uh, it makes sense though, right? Cause we're, we're all new. Our characters haven't really done this before. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're, I think that we're improving, uh, like you said, with the communication and, and that sort of thing. It's just that we're, uh, I think that we're staying a little too loose and some of the, some of the PCs by their nature need to be solo. Um, you know, um, and, you know, looking at you, Winifred, um, just to, uh, because they, they need to sneak they, and anybody that's with them might give them away. Um, but I think for the most part, we probably ought to at least be traveling in twos or threes. And, uh, and probably if we're just in two groups of three, um, you know, even have a, a way to, like maybe you and I should be split up 
into those two, into those two groups so that one of us can step forward and tank. Yeah. Um, but uh, regardless, that's like I said. I think you know I don't have a problem with the way that it's been played. I think it makes sense. And if if it never improves, then that's just the way it is. But um, I I think that we have been too far away from one another for comfort in too many fights. Yeah, especially the tentacle fight. I I mean I had to move thirty feet then use my action to move another 30 feet just to get within range of attacking. And at that point, I couldn't attack. All I could do was just grapple Lars and just hope. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree. We need to not not literally be on top of one another, but at least... Yeah, because like, that could be just as bad. Influence. You know, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, consider two of the rooms that we've gone into. Um, well... So the next room that that we ended up going into after the cesspool had another one of those uh, uh, ceiling traps like we had with the stomping foot, except this one was a, a mall, a giant stone mall. And these things were taking out areas that were 10 by 10. So, I mean, if we're all clustered around one another, a fireball or a trap like that could, you know, get us all. So, yeah, I don't think we need to be in each other's laps, but... Right. Um, Okay, so anyway, uh, getting back to that, we rescued the dragon, found out that her name was Dashaba, and, or Dabshaba. Dabshaba? Yeah. Dabshaba. And then um, gave her uh, the dark mantles to eat, and also, uh, was it Lars that fixed her leg? Yeah, he did a healing shout, healing word, one of the two. He, he healed her. Yeah, healing words like one of the best spells, healing spells in the game. It's uh, it doesn't do a lot of healing, but it's a ranged heal spell, and you only need one to get people back up on their feet. So, um, yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway, um, so, um, we made friends with the dragon. Um, she labeled us all as heroes decided to join up with us and we went into the next room which we didn't know it at the time but it was the final room in the dungeon and it had a altar with um, runes carved in it a dead dwarf uh, beside the altar and a uh, non-animated uh, steel jack uh, warforged uh, we found it was found out it was Steeljack. Figured it was um, over away from the altar, but it looked like the dwarf had been carved by Steeljack. And so, um, some of the party went up to the altar to investigate the dwarf and the altar. And we did see that giant mall suspended from the ceiling. And uh, with questions asked, we figured out. It was both greatsword damage and maul damage that killed the dwarf. And so you and I walked over to Steeljack, got on each side, and we started trying to um, pry the greatsword out of his hand so that if he came back, he wouldn't have a weapon. And, of course, he animated right there and turned around and gave you an ugly slash. Yeah, he... He hits pretty hard. 
for having a broken sword. He he did a real nice good chunk of damage to me. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty ugly. Oh, uh, also the backing up for a second that those dark mantles. Um, Keelan took a uh, nice hard hit from one of those dark mantles. And uh, you saved her damage because you were watching the initiative and uh, Teddy had accidentally used the Dark Mantle that we had already killed, uh, that one's initiative, instead of the one that was still active. And uh, it would have taken me down to like, I don't know, like four hit points or something. That was a big yeah. hit. Yeah, in an alternate timeline, you uh, you probably would have gone down if that happened. Yeah, and it, then our fight with Steeljack. Right, because I got nailed again by Steeljack later, and yep. uh, I ended up with four hit points uh, walking out of the dungeon, and that was after you had done your, um, uh, say the feat name for me again, Inspir- in, uh, inspiring leader, inspiring leader, and um, so yeah, that was uh, that was a good fight, and so if I had already taken that dark mantle damage, I would have gone down during the fight with Steeljack. Um, yeah, I mean, you said you left that with 4 HP, and my Inspiring Leader gives you 4 temp HP, so I think without it, you would have gone down. I would have, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. um, but anyway, that was, uh, so, yeah, that was, it was good The this was the last room, because I think we were just about out of, out of gas. Um, so, uh, Prue helped you and I take down Steeljack. As soon as Steeljack came back, it was like this purple light in his eyes. And the uh, clockwork mechanism in the ceiling started up and the mall started slamming down. So um, Winifred, Portia, um, Dabshaba, and Lars were all kind of focused on the mall while you, me, and Prue were trying to take down Steeljack. And we were using non-lethal damage. So you would swing on him and then like pop him with the pommel of your sword or, or the flat of your blade or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rough for me to figure how a mace does non-lethal damage. But uh, anyway, um, that, you know, we, we have to declare that it's non-lethal before we, before we do the hitting. And... Um, so we were having we were having some good luck on um, on Steel Jack. We did get him down, and this um, massive spectral mantis appeared, and um, we thought that it was basically done. The mall was still going, although Dabshaba uh, took a nasty bite out of that thing. It was, did I don't know? Was it? in the twenties of hit points of damage that one bite did. I think she might've crit. Uh, she did. Yeah. But I, I didn't know how much it was a ton of damage though. Yeah. It, it went from a, kind of like a healthy looking mall to like, okay, the next hit it's going down. <laughs> and, uh, and then, um, uh, was it who had the, uh, was it Porsche's boomerang? Yes. That ended up taking it out, uh, like a, a, a drow boomerang. That was kind of cool. Um, and then um, 
the but Steeljack came back again because the altar like used the last of its power or whatever to to animate his body again. So we actually had to take him down twice, but Prue had very wisely thrown handcuffs on him or manacles on uh, on him, and he couldn't get out. He made the strength roll and was una- unable to uh, break out of the manacles. So uh, we were able to fairly easily take him down the second time. And um, yeah, actually, I I didn't expect him to reanimate. I had already moved off and was starting to take pot shots at the at the mall. So um, that was kind not, of a surprise. I'm not gonna say I saw it coming, but I was very hesitant of leaving him all by himself. So that's the reason why I didn't move. I mean, because Drew handcuffed him, she went off, and then decided to shoot at the mall you went off and did your thing against the mall and i'm sitting here going like i don't want to leave him unattended so i just kind of sat there and it's a good thing i did because he did reanimate but oh so um but uh anyway we were we were able to take steel jack down the second time that really did finish off the altar um once we uh, the hammer was destroyed. All the clockwork mechanism kind of fell out of the ceiling. And so uh, when Steeljack came back to himself, he was very grateful, also very upset that he had played a part in the death of the dwarf. So even though he had been possessed, I guess whoever touched the altar first was possessed. And Lars touched it, right? Yes, he and, touched it. And just barely made a, a save to... Uh, stave off the the spirit that was going to try to inhabit him. So uh, I was actually considering using my last first level spell during that fight. And then when we figured out that if you touch the altar, you'd be possessed, I didn't know if we were going to have to destroy it at the end. So I was saving my first level spell for a protection from good and evil. So I could put that on myself or you or whoever, and then we could go and and bust up the altar. So, um, anyway, um, we finished that fight. Uh, we got steel Jack out alive and, um, Oh, uh, and we found, uh, the relic that they were down, uh, in there after, which was a, uh, adamantine steel toe from a, large construct of some kind that they were creating. Do you remember what that was about? No, all I remember is that Tell was trying to repair itself. Right, right. So the kind of like uh, Terminator 2, all the bits and pieces were trying to get back to the main part of the toe, even though the rest of it wasn't there. So um, uh, we put some of the pieces that were trying to reconnect into separate like glass vials from that pack that we found and collected the toe and then uh, just kind of got out of there. So um, what else? Oh, uh, I do want to mention my uh, my hit average in, uh, in combat. Um, cast Toll the Dead four times last game. And it actually connected once. <laughs> so I figure uh, 
if I could bat 250 in the majors, I could still make millions. So uh, that's, <laughs> I guess that's a good average. Uh, damage is damage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, three wasted uh, toll the deads. And uh, what was the... Although I did have decent luck with my mace while I was fighting Steeljack. So, yeah, t- that's because we had advantage mostly. Yes, that, that is mostly it. Uh, what else? What? Oh, 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 oh. I have to mention this. So the uh, mall is slamming down on people, trying to squish them. And it targets Winifred. And oh, Winifred yeah. makes... <laughs> It's roll to avoid, and the mall just comes slamming down right next to him, and so hard that we're, you know, what, 50 feet away fighting uh, Steeljack, and it even kind of shakes us. And so Teddy asks, say, hey, so uh, how, do, how does Winifred avoid this? And he's just like, he just casually steps to the side, and as soon as, like, all the dust settles, he's kind of straightening himself out. So, great RP. Yes, it is. Um, Fred is really good at um, just, like I said last podcast, he's just staying calm, cool, and collected. Like, nothing will rattle his cage. And what was, somebody made a comment about, um, was it Lars that said, hey, I'm nobody's servant or something like that? And, and Winifred said, not all of us can, you know, be fortunate uh, enough to live that life. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. it was something to that effect that cracked me up too. Um, so, uh, what else do we have to cover for the uh, for the battles and trials down in the down inside the fissure? Uh, that about covers it all up for the first tutorial dungeon. So, and that was the, that was the final bit. And so, uh, in, uh, commemoration, we have this, uh, highly recognizable victory theme. And all of our characters quickly exit the dungeon, uh, gathering up bodies and, uh, anything that we had left behind on the way out. So, um, got back up top and we saw that, uh, captain, is it Trailith? Is that the right name? It's, uh, I, I think you're close. It's tr- like Trollith or Trollith. Okay. Oh yeah, sure. Um, and then, um, was up there, had just gotten into a fight. And then when, we got up top. Uh, Lars, what did oh, yeah. he do? He hit on her, but I can't remember yeah. how. Was it the finger guns? And it, he did and do finger. Said, guns, said something like, "Hey, babe, that's pretty awesome, babe," or something like that. Yeah, she was. Um, there was some <laughs> rascalians up in the at the top of the fissure, and she was just sitting on a pile of all of them, just like taking care of business. And Lars just comes out, and he's like, "Whoa, babe." Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was it. And then, and so Teddy had to make a a roll, like a persuasion roll, <laughs> and he freaking aced it. So she was actually, uh, I guess, uh, receptive to what he had to say. That was funny. Uh, 
so um, Trollith took us uh, back to um, Lord Amanatu after Steeljack had told us, hey, he owed us one uh, to drop his name at the Phoenix Tavern. We could stay there for free for a few days. Uh, we went back to Lord Amanatu and we were all rewarded with 500 gold pieces each. After taxes, it was 400 apiece. And then he wanted the, he found out somehow that we had that uh, steel toe or the adamantium toe and uh, he wanted it. So uh, I tried to at least get some cash out of him for it. Um, and he refused, but, uh, Winifred said that he wanted to be, uh, involved in the, um, oh, like research that was going to be done on it to see if it could be used, um, in the defense of uh, the city. And I also said that, um, they should take care of, um, the dragon that came back with us. Uh, that, that should be part of it the care and feeding of. So, uh, that was agreed to. So we handed over the toe and then basically got our pat on the back. Hey, good job guys. Um, we're going to use you in future, uh, for future things that need to be done. We went out into what's, do you remember what the, the, uh, region was or the quarter that we were in where all the temples and everything were? I want to say it's respite. Respite, yeah, that's it. Um, and so Keelan went in and tithed. I told Teddy it was fifty gold. It was actually seventy, um, because I'm figuring ten percent, and that's just over. And then uh, we ended up at the Phoenix Tavern before the game was over. Everybody got a level. So you alluded to that earlier. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's talk for a little bit about our level ups. So um, why don't you go first and tell us what all you got? So level three is when I get my oath. That's kind of the big thing. We're not there yet, but level two opens up spellcasting and divine smites for a paladin, which is very very good. That's extra damage as a bonus action, as long as I hit. So, Divine Smites are really good for Paladins doing Radiant Damage, so I can, like, come in, swing in, do a bunch of damage, and then be like, you know what, I'm going to add a 2d6 to that at the cost of a spell slot, and then it's just more free damage. So, it does cost you a spell slot? Yeah. And... It's not not completely free, It's it's a spell slot. Can you use any level spell slot for it? Yes, I can. And does the damage increase as your spell slots increase? It does increase. There is a cap, which I believe it's a 66 or a 5d6. It's one of those two, but there there is a cap to how much damage I can do with it. But you get like 2d6 for a first level and then just another d6 for each additional yep. level slot. And yeah. if it's a fiend or undead, it's an additional d6. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'll be pretty tough. Uh, especially what with uh, what we may, may be doing next. It was alluded to that we may have to uh, go to Porsche's shop and uh, it may be haunted. 
we may have to uh, get rid of all of the unwelcome element there. Um, so, and what and what else did you get besides the smites? Um, I get a fighting style. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I was going to go protector, but it's it only works within five feet of me, so you got to be like right touching shoulders, basically. But instead, I chose duelist which gives me a flat plus two to damage as long as I'm wielding um, a weapon in one hand. So that works with my sword and shield as well. Oh, nice. Okay, so um, that means that essentially you're plus six to damage without your smites because you're plus three for your strength, plus two for that, and plus one for the sword, right? Yeah. Plus six to damage. How's that? That's without even rolling a dice. Yep. Uh, that's, the mo- uh, that's the most damage I can do if I roll a six with my mace. <laughs> and you're doing that in bonus damage. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be a nice source of consistent damage. Um, since I can't really go the protectorate route, I'm like, okay, well, if I can't protect, I might as well just, you know, lean in towards the other part of a paladin, and that's dealing damage. That's pretty cool. Um, so no, when, when do you get your like, uh, holy aura thing? Um, my first aura is, I believe level five. So it's a ways um, off still. It's a ways off. Yeah. I don't get it immediately. Um, level six, sorry. Level okay. six is my aura of protection. Okay. Well, that's, um, that's not too, too far off, I guess. No, but with the oath I'm going to be taking, I'm not going to spoil which oath it is, um, I will get an aura of vitality at level 8, which means I can, as long as you're within that aura, you can roll like a 2d8 and regain some HP. Oh, really? That'd be cool. Yeah. Huh. So I'm I'm looking forward to Area of effect healing. Now. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be the healing machine and also the damage machine. <laughs> um and then you got HP. So you got Yep. What uh is what's your uh average? Are you taking uh, average or rolling? I'm taking averages. Uh in our 2E campaign, I've learned the struggles of rolling. So I'm not going to roll for HP. I'm just taking the average and calling that good enough. So you're I, you get a six for your average. I get a I get a six because it's a D ten for HP. Nice. So you, you take the average. six and then you get three for your constitution. Two, two. Okay. Um, so what's that going to put you to? That's twenty HP currently. Twenty HP. 20. And then with inspiring leader, since I'm up a level, that will be five. Temporary, temporary hit, points hit points in the future. So you'll essentially have 25 starting out. 25, yeah. That's pretty good. Um, did you get anything else, second level? No. Third level is the next big step. And then after that is fourth level with the ability score increases. And then it kind of flattens out a little bit here and there. Like, I'll get a, I'll get a couple spells with my oath at six. Then yep. I don't know if anything happens at five but you know it's two and three are like the big ones for that i've noticed for the paladin 
Well, three, uh, I mean, two, two gave me some abilities, but, uh, three and five are going to be my biggest ones. Um, yep. at least early so, level. So what about you? What, what does a cleric get uh, at oh, level two? Well, a life domain cleric. Um, so I got the ability to use my, uh, what's it called? Divine. Uh, basically I can call on divine power and, uh, either use it to turn undead or to, um, do healing. And the healing is actually pretty powerful. Uh, I get five points of healing for every level of cleric that I am. So I'm second level. I have 10 points of healing that I can dish out and I can dish it out to as many different characters as I want. Um, as long as they're at least all getting one. And, but I can't bring any character up past half of their maximum HP. So, um, you know, you've got 20 HP. If you went down to zero, I could touch you and instantly bring you back up to 10. Nice. And so, or if there were three of you down, I could touch the three of you and put, you know, four in you and three in two others and uh, all three of you are back up on your feet. So, um, so that was a big thing. The other, uh, thing that I could do, and I guess I didn't even realize this about clerics, but I can use as a bonus action, I can, um, get a spell slot back. Um, right now I can only do one first level spell slot. And actually I think I might only ever be able to do one spell slot. I'll have to look into it a little further. But I think the level of spell slot that I can get back increases as I increase in level. So uh, maybe I would get a third level spell slot if I was, I don't know, um, 12th level or something like that. Um, but that's going to be good. I mean, heck, that's uh, another spell slot's another spell slot. And when you're this low level, I think I have three now, three spell slots at second level for all first level. So this literally increases my spell capacity by 33%. (laughs) I'll take it. Uh, And then hit points, uh, I roll an eight-sided dice, so I always take the average. So I got five plus three for constitution, so I'm at 19 HP for uh, for second level, plus hopefully your, uh, your temporary hit points. So I should be sitting at 24 starting out. Yeah, I'm... I'm going to lean into that inspiring leader trait. So we'll, I'll just be dishing out temp HP like all the time. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, do you know what you're doing with, are you taking a feat or are you taking a ability score increase at fourth level? I'm doing the ability score increases. Charisma? Yes. For sure? My Oh, oh for sure. Okay. I got a feat with my backstory, which was the inspiring leader. Um, I don't, I mean, there are some good feats like Lucky and a few others, but I don't really know if I want to take another feat because I think I just want to lean into the charisma and really be the face of the party, even though I am shit at RP. But I think I'll be taking the ability <laughs> score increases because yeah. my spell casting's based off of it, inspiring leaders based off of it. Um, and some skills are based off of it as well. So I think the higher I pump that up, it's just going to be more beneficial. I mean, if I pump it up by two now, that's another temp HP. So it will go from five to six if I pump it up. And then I'll go six to seven. And then it's just 
the more I, the more charisma I have, the better things will be. Well, um, I didn't know if you were going to take a set in uh, Constitution before you did Charisma. No, I might do that. Um, his uh, Teddy's house rule, like at sixth level, we'll get an ability score increase or a new language or a new skill. I might do an ability score increase in Constitution that way. Well, it'll only be one point, and then it, that won't get you your um, your bonus. No, but it it's a start. Yeah, and then if you uh, there, we get another one at like twelfth or something. Isn't... Yeah, so it's it's somewhere around there. So, yeah, you know, when we get towards the end, if you decided to take both of those in Constitution, you would uh, you get that extra bonus, and then you get twelve retroactive hit points. That's pretty good. Um, so I am definitely doing wisdom when. Uh, I mean, all of my spells are based on it, and um, you know the the difficulty ratings for making saves against them, all that sort of thing. So, definitely wisdom for me. Um, as much as I'd like more constitution, I'm going to be happy with my uh, sixteen. Um, there is a, uh, and I think that I, well, I know when. Uh, six level rolls around. I'm going to be doing uh, strength because I'll want better armor, and I need a 15 strength to to wear plate. So at least that's the plan, anyway. So we'll see what happens between now and then. Uh, Definitely second guessing if I want to do charisma or if I want to do constitution. Oh, don't let me change your mind. Uh, <laughs> and and you're right. I mean. You won't get the retroactive hit points by by doing charisma, but because you have that inspiring leader feat, you will get one more. So, right. um, and and it's not just one, it's not just one more for me; it's one more for for everybody. the party. Yeah. So, and I think as a whole and as a character I'm playing as is that she's not in it for herself; she's in it for the party, or she's in it for her friends. Like she's a protector, a guardian. So I think leaning towards a charisma and getting more temp HP and just being more useful is kind of what I'm going towards. You've got to, um, the only thing that you've got to do, uh, RP wise is uh, step up when we are talking to NPCs. I know. Because, <laughs> I know I need to speak up because you've got the charisma. So any roles that get made, you're going to ace. Yeah. I, it's just every time we meet NPCs or like when we first went into the dungeon and we were meeting, um, I, the name escapes me, but we were meeting that captain lady and she's like, is there a, and like Teddy pause. I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, please don't say Tabane. Please don't say Tabane. And she's like, is there a Tabane in the group? And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I have to talk. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, you're built for that stuff. You got to get out there and, and shine. Um, and Keelan's been calling you boss because you have the highest charisma in the party. I know. And you saying boss just makes me think of our, the two E campaign. With the <laughs> <Lushim>. <laughs> he calls it's, every, it's, he calls everybody boss. Yeah. It's never going to shake off when you say boss. That's like all I'm going to picture now. It's not going to be Keelan. It's going to be Sheen. <laughs> 
uh, game crossover. Got to love it. Uh, uh, okay, so uh, what was your uh, save of the game? Um, it's um, I don't remember exactly what she did, but it was Portia figuring out the final room again. Oh, she had to make an arcana check and yep. she absolutely nailed it. Yeah. So both of the big stompy rooms, <laughs> Portia <laughs> figured them out for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my save of the game was you grabbing Lars. That's another good one too. Uh, I, I, that's, uh, uh so I, I think that, um, so here, here's the reason you get the nod. What Portia did helped us as a group. Could have saved lives. I absolutely think that Lars would have died if you hadn't gotten a hold of him. Yeah, and I, I came up with that on the spot because I think it was someone traded initiative with me, and everyone wants to trade initiative with me because I roll shit initiative and they roll good, and they're like, "Hey, let's give it to Tawny. Let's give them good initiative." And I'm sitting here going, "Like, no, I don't know what to do on my turn." <laughs> well, so. Just coming up with uh, just running over there and grabbing him and then out strengthening the tentacle, that was all on the spot. I had not thought of anything other than that. I thought I was just going to run up there and be like, hey, Lars, how you doing? And that was my turn. So, and and I'll tell you, that is actually why I think Lars was going to die. Because I don't think, I think that Teddy threw us a bone. I think you made the effort to get over there and then... He's like, okay, even though, I mean, because don't you think it should have been an attack for you to grab a hold of him? It not only should it have been an attack, it should have been an action. Right. At least. Right. So, And I used my action to double my movement. To double your movement. So that's why I think that Lars <laughs> was a dead man. <laughs> because uh, Teddy let you try to get a hold of Lars, and you did it, and then you did it like... Uh, with some style. So, um, that was, uh, (laughs) I'm glad to see Lars didn't die, but, uh, I think that we were about ready to lose a party member right there. Um, so, uh, anything else that, um, you really want to go over? Um, no, um, really we um, one thing that happened when we were talking with Steeljack is he asked us for a group name. Uh, I think it's well okay. overdue that we should probably get a group name together. Okay, I came up with one that I thought was going to be really good. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Spare you parts. You did. I mean, so... Uh, <laughs> and, and Portia's like, no, I'll sick my lawyers on you. <laughs> He did. I think spare parts was an excellent idea. Um, because we're like all just a collection of, you know, people from different walks of life and everything. And if we, it's free advertising, if we home base at her, at her shop. So like, where is the adventuring group spare parts? Well, they, they're spare parts. (laughs) I thought it was, I thought it was on point. Porsche's like, no, I don't know, maybe with some convincing or something we can get her into it. But uh, Maybe we pay her royalties. 
every time it's mentioned five gold. <laughs> Holy cow! Let's let's go copper. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh-huh. we got to convince her somehow. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, I I gave everybody the uh, d- the division on the group treasure. Actually, came out exactly to the copper piece, um, divisible by six. So that was pretty cool. But uh, and Portia, it's like so. If nobody has any uh, complaints, I will just you know wipe it out. It's all back to zero. Here's how much everybody gets. And Portia's like, "You're selling my gem." <laughs> like no you can keep the gem that's just 50 of your gold uh she grew very attached to the gem very quickly yeah um i have developed a shopping list by the way for next game yeah you shared that with me before we started and, <laughs> and some of the i'm looking over and some of it's like well maybe i should get, get some of this too <laughs> uh, so uh you'll have to get with teddy before the game and make sure that all of that stuff's available and at regular book prices. So, um, but, uh, anything else? No, I'm fresh out. All right. Well, uh, we can, uh, just about call another episode in the can then. Um, so next, uh, next week we're, um, it's probably going to be a lot of, uh, you know, housekeeping and, uh, you know, kind of shopping and that sort of thing but then we'll skip a week because uh, uh, teddy's not going to be available then we'll be back to it so cat i appreciate you doing this with me man yep always good getting together well. with you so and how are you liking your character so far i'm enjoying mine i'm i'm enjoying combining quite well I, i'm what? still kind of fleshing her out but it's it's good all right, man. Well, we'll uh, we'll definitely talk to you before next week. But uh, until then, we'll talk to y'all later. All right.